shout, wouldn't it? If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, or if you electronic devices now, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 and through 27. This was not what I was going to, uh, had planned to preach, but uh, I'd rather mind the Holy Spirit than, than anybody. Amen? So, but I do uh, thank you. Thank you on behalf of what you do for our kids, how you wash our feet. Out in the vest of you, our greeting area, there is a table has some information. You can learn how you can be a hero to a child. And there's a little pamphlet back there. There's our magazine, little brochure magazine. There's also, I want to call your attention to, uh, two plans. We are getting ready in May to break ground on an emergency shelter in Decatur that will house eight girls. And uh, shelter care is desperately needed. We have four in the state. We have two of them and we need another one. And uh, these kids come out of drug houses. Uh, they are children in hard from hard places. And so uh, let me just encourage you, uh, I'm gonna leave that. Maybe your pastor has a place you could put that. You say, well, why? Uh, well, number one, there's gonna be eight girls, eight wounded souls, eight girls who need Jesus. And I want you to pray for a room that's not even built yet. You pick one. For eight girls, eight wounded souls that need Jesus. Until Jesus comes back, that's going to minister to eight girls, eight wounded souls who need Jesus. And we're raising money to furnish that. Uh, we have the brick and mortar given by someone who left us in an estate. Uh, but we still, our goal is to raise the, over 200 plus thousand dollars. And that's also do some other things on campus. I, I don't know where that money will come from, but uh, the Lord can do a lot with a little boy's box lunch. I'm sure he can take care of this. So maybe you know somebody that would like to help with that, or, or maybe you would like to know more about how you can help with that. I'd be glad to talk with you. There's also one of a duplex that will help our college kids as well as help our Relief House parents. And if God's calling you to be a house parent, we need one in uh, indicator. Perhaps, Chaplain, if you're getting ready to retire, uh, talk to me. And I, I will tell you, brother, that uh, we had a retired Sergeant Major, Special Forces. Uh, they served as an emergency uh, relief house parents until his wife got MS. But we always knew which one he was in charge of because he would say, stand at the door, hook up. I don't know what that meant, but uh, he did. So, but, uh, and, uh, and I do want to take, got to hurry, take, thank the chaplain for his service. Uh, many of you may not realize under the North American Mission Board, that, is, that endorsement's not given lightly. And when you give to Annie Armstrong, you're supporting uh, this chaplain and other military chaplains, and they do a wonderful job at the North American Mission Board encouraging our chaplain and their families. He has chaplains under him that he's responsible for now. So he has a great ministry of encouragement to those chaplains, and so I'm grateful for his service. Think about a storm. You said, well, 
that's sort of on our mind today, right? And I think you can identify with the disciples when they uh, found themselves in the middle of the storm. Let's look at it in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 and following. And now when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? And then he arose. He rebuked the winds and the sea. And I like this. I love this. And there was a great calm. And so that the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You can imagine these disciples. They found themselves. Jesus said, uh, we're going to go on a little boat ride. Not just anybody's in this boat. These are experienced boaters, if you will, fishermen. They knew how to handle uh, anything that came their way, how to handle a boat. And so, just going to go from one side to the next. And all of a sudden, it, right, if you, right in the middle, that area, that sea is known, the Sea of Galilee is known for just uh, sudden dairy storms, severe storms. And in that storm comes, and they find themselves in a life and death situation. You could probably identify with them. I know you can. Just a few years ago, you found yourselves in a life or death situation. I mean, if anybody could identify with folks in a storm, folks in Phil Campbell can. I mean, your pastor shared with me, and we walked around, and how God has blessed you, and, and uh, out, of this, out of the ashes, God has raised this up. Can I get an amen? But everywhere that you have, the cross, to my left, to your right, I want you to understand that is a memorial of what God can do out of a storm, right? But how do you deal with the storms that come in our life? You never plan for them. They never call ahead for an appointment. So how do we deal with them? Well, first of all, you need to realize the reality of storms. Storms affect us. We live in a sinful world. In fact, the Bible tells us it rains on the unjust as well as on the just. Now, I'm 60 years old now. I'm... I'm uh, uh, I'm not as old as your pastor. How <laughs> you like that? But, uh, and he robbed the cradle when he married. Can I get an amen? But I do know this. The time that we're born till the time that we die, we are in and out of storms. I mean, they're going to come in our life. Now, I understand there's a theology around that dressed itself as truth, is not truth, and says, if you are a Christian, you won't suffer. Well, I learned something in seminary. It was some Greek. Let me teach it to you. Hogwash! You didn't know that was Greek, did you? That's Southern Greek. 
Jesus said of two men, one built on a solid rock, one built on sand. And you know and I know the message of that is we are to build our lives on the rock of Christ, the solid rock of Christ. And the message, though, that we, tenderly, we, we tend to forget is, is that a storm came to both houses. One came to the unjust and one came to the just. So storms are real, aren't they? There are all types of storms. I've learned a long time ago that uh, what I might not consider as a storm, that I might think as a little rain shower in somebody else's life, is really the wrong perception. Because I want you to know, friend, what I might think is a little rain shower is an F5 going on in that person's life. But there are all kinds of storms. I wouldn't be able to mention them all. We could be here all day, and your pastor said, when this door opens up underneath me, it swallows me like the fish swallowed Jonah. So uh, I've got to be careful. I do know that there are some that I want to call your attention to. In, in, in the reality, in the world that I, I serve uh, for the last 21 years, I think about the storm that come to children and families. Let me give you a few statistics. Every two minutes, another child enters foster care in the United States. On an average, eight children a day enter foster care in Alabama. On the average, one child is admitted into foster care every three hours in Alabama. 39% of children in foster care are five years old or younger. The average... Uh, the average is, is eight. Most children in our foster care average less than two years. That's 73 to 74 percent. 51 percent of children leaving foster care are reunited with their families. And when you think about children who are sexually abused, one out of four children are sexually abused here in Alabama. That's a storm. Now, I understand it, it's easy to get lost in statistics. Uh, my dad was an old Air Force sergeant. I brought a report card home, had an F in all my subjects, but I had an A in conduct. He told me I'd be the most well-mannered idiot he'd ever met in his life. But I do want you to understand that you can get lost in numbers. I don't get lost in a little girl years ago who if you put her in a room full of windows, she would just literally go hysterical. And the reason being is that her mother would, during the day, would sell that little girl's body to the highest bidder. And at night, men would come through the window and sexually molest that little girl. Can you understand that is a storm that that child was in? You saw a picture on the video of our camp. We're looking forward to camp. We have it at Shaco. And uh, last year we had almost 900, and we'll, we'll go over that amount. But I remember the, one of the camps that we had. I held in my arms a six-month-old baby whose father, in a rage, planted his fist in that baby's face his little face was swollen almost beyond recognition. 
and, and I held that child, and I want you to know the pain in that child's life, that child was in a storm. See, these are things that we don't want to see, but they go, in the, go on in the shadows of our steeple. Children in the, in the midst of our steeples are in storms. Sometimes, you know what our tendency is? Well, it doesn't happen here in Field Campbell. It doesn't happen. Only only place it happens is like Birmingham, Mobile, Montgomery, Huntsville. No, friend, I want you to understand from every part of Alabama, there are kids who are in a storm. Maybe you can understand this. Maybe you've lived and grew up in an abusive situation and you deal with that memory in your life and it's a scar upon your soul, a wound in your soul, and it's a storm that you live over and over and over again. We have homes all over Alabama. We're in Montgomery. We're in Auburn, Alabama with 15 foster homes. We have three homes that take in single mothers with multiple children to help them get back on their feet. Have the campus in Decatur, one in Mobile, a shelter in uh, Oxford, and we also have a home in Dothan. All of those are trying to help kids who are in the midst of a storm. And then we have 42 counseling sites with licensed professional counselors helping kids deal with the storms that come in their life, not necessarily out of abuse, maybe out of a marriage that has crumbled. Have you ever seen a child... And I remember years ago talking with a young man, and I asked this 14-year-old young man to tell me about his life. And this is how he described his life. He said, well, I'm a rope. Mom and dad, he, come, he, he comes out of a divorce home, and he's describing that life. He said, I'm the rope, and, and, and if I go to dad and, and I have weekend visits with him, if I show any loyalty to mom, He makes my life miserable. And when I go back home to mom, if I show any kind of like uh, about my dad, she makes my life hard. And so I feel like a rope. Dad's on one end, mom's on the other, and I'm literally being pulled apart. You know what that is? That's a storm. There are kids that we see in counseling trying to deal with issues like that or deal with the loss of a parent or deal with depression, or deal with anxiety, or fear, and we do play therapy with kids. Play is the language of a child. But there are kids like that in storms. There are all other kinds of storms that you deal with, and uh, I know the chaplain here deals with folks that deal with PTSD. Moral injury, as it's called now. My two brothers deal with that. There are others that may be here that understand that going to sleep at night, you relive the battlefield. One brother, uh, when he was put to sleep, waking out of anesthesia, relived where he, as a sergeant, as a, was his dad, the dad uh, asked him of one of, his, one of his troops, one of his soldier boys said, please bring my son home. And when they were ambushed in Iraq, that young man was killed, and he relives that firefight day in and day out. PTSD. But there's also PTSD that's caused from storms and things that you might relive in your own life. 
and then I know the storm of hell. I don't have adequate time to describe my journey, but I know in July of 2013, I was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. All over my body except my bones and my brain, non-Hoskins lymphoma, that was a storm. That diagnosis, you know, that you hear, you only have 55% survival rate. You'll have to do this. You know the storm that I'm talking about. You know the gut that twisted, even though, yes, you're a Christian, and yes, you're a preacher, but, but you hear those words, and you relive when your dad died of cancer. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? That's a storm, isn't it? That's the reality of storms. But then I want you to know the reaction of those in storms. And I love this. I love the Bible. The Bible just kind of tells you where people are. It doesn't hold anything back. Uh, listen, the disciples uh, came to him and they awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. Now, I'm originally from Coleman County. Let me give you the Colmanese translation of that. We're all going to die. Amen. I mean, this is pure fear, panic. Now, there are things about fear that we know that you'll either flight, run, or you'll fight, but there's a middle ground. I mean, you may not, it's called froze. <laughs> I, I can't move, you know. I want to move, but I can't move. Can I get an amen? But I want you to understand that fear can grasp you in such a way that you forget. A, kind of an amnesia. You say, how do you know that? These disciples before, if you will, if you'll just let me again use my little common imagination, uh, they were, just came out of revival. They seen Jesus do the unexplainable. Peter saw Jesus heal his mother-in-law. I mean, you just don't see, I mean, they were with Jesus, right? God incarnate in the flesh. And now we're all going to die. The same one who they saw raise the dead and do things they could not explain. Now we're all going to die. Now before we're hard on the disciples, isn't that us? I've seen fear. I've seen the fear of a child who's begged the house parents to sleep outside her room because as a 14-year-old girl, at night, her mother and her father would come in and sexually molest her. I've seen that kind of fear. But fear sometimes makes us forget, doesn't it? It freezes us. You say, what are you talking about? How many times has God... We, we, we've, we're, we're brought into the middle of this storm. And God has delivered us in so many ways. And we look at Him and say, God, you've just forgotten us. We're going to die. Churches can have amnesia, can't they, Pastor? Has God ever asked you to do something as a church, the color outside the lines? And you just looked at your leadership and said, We're going to die. We can't do that. I want you to understand that every time that you 
gather around Mountain View and you walk in the door, that is a memorial of time gone by that you ain't going to die. Amen? Panic. I know about that forgetfulness. You say, what are you talking about? Well, my wife uh, is a decorator and uh, she likes Home and Garden Channel. I don't. And uh, if I have a stroke, she's going to push me in front of that and make me watch it. And I can't change something. Laying in bed, you hear this. Honey, somebody's in this house. You're panic. So you jump out, jump in your Chuck Norris stance, right? You ready to take on anybody. The dachshund, who's the attack dachshund, he don't care. Any other time at the foot of our bed, I know there's an oak, an oak chest. But in a panic, hearts racing, I forget about that. I round the bed, toe meets chest, pain meets body, tears stream down each cheeks. I'd forgotten about that. And then I hear my wife say, come back to bed, honey, it's just the wind. <laughs> but don't we do that with God? Well, notice the response of the one of Jesus. He's asleep in the boat now. He's a master teacher. Now, I want you to understand what the Bible says. He's 100% God, 100% man. Well, what does that mean? That means that God neither sleeps nor slumber, but he is a master teacher. Can I get an amen? So how does when God allows storms in our life, when they enter our life, how does the master teacher use those? Well, I want to submit to you that he draws us closer to him. In my life, when I heard that cancer diagnosis, I couldn't even... He was there, but I was not aware of his presence. I hurt so bad. Have you ever been there where you just mourn so bad, you hurt so bad, you just wonder where in the world God is? And it wasn't, it was a strange place. Getting a bone marrow biopsy. Dr. Vance, my oncologist, loves the Lord. She uh, begins to pray for me. And then it was an awareness of God's presence. See, there's an old country saying, then God showed up. I got news for you, that's wrong. God's always there, amen? Chaplain, Psalm 91 is what God gave me. I know you know what that is. Lay yourself in my shadow and rest. Do, do you know what you know what that meant for me? Let me illustrate it to you this way. My daughter was terrified of storms. And one night when she was little, she's now 35, but when she was little, she comes, I'm sitting in the chair, I'm watching, you know, the weather, you know how us dads do, uh, and she's, she's terrified, she's crying, what did I do? I pulled her up into my lap. And the girl that was terrified, wasn't long that she fell asleep 
Oh, the storm was still raging. But she was secure, safe in her daddy's land. There is no place to feel closer than God when he reaches down with his arms of grace and he pulls you close. You learn the lesson of the story. But it also makes you aware that God calls us as believers to be storm chasers. I don't know about you, but uh, I get a little bit in the flesh, maybe a whole lot in the flesh, I don't know. But uh, when I see those news reports of a person that was uh, attacked by somebody and bystanders are more interested in getting that on a YouTube video or on their live Facebook live than they are in rescuing that person. But don't we do the same? See, I want you to know, church, God never called us to sit in the pew and be, uh, to be satisfied. He called us to go out in the highways and the hedges and be storm chasers. There are folks like my kids who are in storms. Maybe God's calling you to be a house parent. I don't know. Maybe to be a foster parent. You're within that 50 miles that we... God's calling you to be a kid. It's not easy to be a storm chaser. It means that you go into the very heart of a storm, of a child that's been sexually abused or been beaten or neglected. It's not easy. But God calls us to be storm Chasers. But out, out here, your church, what do you see when you go out on a pretty day? I couldn't help but to notice, uh, Brother Sammy, on, your, on, the, on the sign outside the church, Vacation Bible School. Hey, Vacation Bible School, work. let me change your perspective. You teach those kids in vacation Bible school, you become a storm chaser because you don't know that child is that uh, few hours that you have them. You're a city of refuge for that child. Perhaps listen to a child who says these words to you. My daddy left last night and I don't know where he is. sort of changes the meaning of what you do as a vacation Bible school leader. But then it also makes you realize priority, and I, when we finish, which means I probably won't. Most beautiful woman in the world was Sue Thomas Seller. I love that woman. She makes me look good when I have her on my arm. Amen, guys? Don't, don't your wife, you better say amen and you're in trouble. <laughs> but preachers get busy. Sometimes ministry, maybe it's not a good analogy, but it's the only analogy I have. Sometimes ministry becomes our mistress. That's right. 
true. Sometimes we're so busy, we forget about the one who God gave us to do ministry with, to spend a life with. There's nothing like cancer to bring you back to reality. They told me that uh, I would lose my hair. None offense to y'all ain't got none, okay? But sure enough, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm sick. Chemo has just got me. I'm sick. My wife's got to go to work. Eat, honey. Eat. And she goes, and there's, we also have a black lab named Maggie, and she's sitting there, and hair falls, big wad of hair, just. And Maggie looks at me and says, it's not mine. <laughs> but I wept. You know why? Because I couldn't fix it. And out of my fear that day, came this. I'll just be like an old Indian. I'll just leave, go out somewhere and die. See, my wife cares for her mother who has vascular dementia. That's where my wife is this morning. She's an only child. So when she came home from work, I looked at her and I gave my speech. You know what the most beautiful, gorgeous woman in the world did? She grabbed hold of me, pulled me tight. She whispered this into my ears and into my heart. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. In sickness, in health. You're God's man for my life. And you're not going anywhere without me. And we fell in the middle of that room and I wept. She prayed over me and wept with me. And I wake up every day with a goal, two, some goals. One, I'm going to pursue Jesus with passion. Two, I'm going to pursue that lovely lady with passion. What am I saying to you? It's simple. I don't know where you are in your marriage. But guys, you don't need to wait till you hear that you've got cancer, she's got cancer, before you start pursuing each other with passion. Your marriage is worth it. Your kids are worth it. But more importantly, the God that saved you deserves it. Amen. There's one thing that I cannot do in heaven. And that's win people to Jesus. If God calls me home, and that could happen, they thought my cancer had come back, thought it had gotten into my brain. I said, Doc, it would die of starvation if it did that. <laughs> but my scan was clear. But out of, as I laid there, the calmness that came over me was the same Jesus 
that is with those disciples and spoke to the storm, speaks to the storm of my life. But as I laid there and that thing scanned my body, I remembered, God help me to reach one more for you. I remembered. Lord, help me to tell Alabama Baptists about the fatherless, that one more in the shadow of their steeple. Lord, help me to get them to be a storm chaser, to rescue the perishing, care for the dying. I wept as I listened to a news report this past week of a four-year-old who was choked to death by his father. I wonder what difference would have made if just a storm chaser like you and you and you me would have reached that thing, that child. Can I ask you a question? And I'm done. If you were told you had 55% survival rate, do you know where you'd spend eternity? See, I know. Because Master Sergeant John W. Sellers loved his boy enough that on an Air Force base in Waco, Texas, he took a Gideon Bible and he led me to Jesus. Do you know that you know Jesus? Where are you in your life? What about your marriage? Maybe everything's fine. You just need to recommit and say, Lord, I want to pursue my spouse with passion. Maybe as a church, you think about a storm that happened and you just need to say, you know, Lord, that just seems like a few years ago, but out of all of this, we just want to renew our passion as a body of believers to be storm chasers where we are. Would you stand? Father, thank you for your grace and your power. Lord, the words of men will not move men, but the power of your Spirit will. Truth of the matter is, Lord, we have a lot on our agenda. Cell phones have reminders that go off that we've got to do before the end of the day. But there is nothing more important than right now, right here, than dealing with with eternity. I pray for that husband and wife who've just gotten busy going throughout the ritual of the day and they text each other, but they really don't sit down and talk. In fact, Lord, their marriage has had weeds growing up in it for a long time. And I pray this would be the day that they allow you, the master gardener, to get rid of those weeds. Lord, I pray for those vacation Bible school workers. I pray that God, from today forward, that God, every time they ride around in this community, 
you would let them see through your eyes and see that one child who they can make a difference in. Just one. I pray for this church as they remembered. But Lord, as they go forward as well. And then Lord, I just want to thank you for cancer. You've done far more with cancer than I could ever imagine in my life. You've taken it... You've thrown it to the sky as a firework display of your glory. And I just want to thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray.